Good morning, Chair City Church. Merry Christmas. So glad to see all of you here. We love people. We love Christmas. We're a couple of days away from Christmas Eve. As Christy said, I'd love for you to join us. Two services. It's going to be this kind of a warm, inspiring time. Uh, cooler, bring your kids. What we're going to be doing, faster pace, 50, 55 minutes in and out of videos and speaking. But uh, really, it's going to be a great time. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 1 right in. It's the first book, Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed, meaning seriously engaged, committed to Mary, to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, a righteous guy, and not wanting to make her a public example to embarrass her, to humiliate her, not allowed even himself, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth her son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Thank you, Lord. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call him his name Emmanuel, which is translated, which means God with us. Let's jump to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And he sent them to Bethlehem. Now let's jump to, to verse 8. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and, carefully, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Not exactly. When they heard the king, the wise men, the magi, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I want to read Matthew chapter 2, verse 3, one more time. It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. This morning, I want to talk to you, talk with you about the trouble with Christmas. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, the long lines, the traffic, you know, the, I can't get a parking spot deal, right? You know, it's like if you get a spot close, it's like you think like, wow, like God is here, huh? No, no, I, you know, I'm not talking about the excessive songs we talked about week one of the series or the excessive smells we talked about week two. I'm not talking about the excessive Hallmark movies that go on, huh? Last night they watched two of them in my home. Right? I'm, not, I'm not talking about things that happen like lights short-circuiting huh? or Christmas trees 
falling down. We had that happen this year in my house. I'm sitting there out eating, eating out with my wife. My kids send me a picture. Hey, look what happened. And of course, as a dad, I'm like, who did this? And of course, it was a dog, right? Really, we set the whole thing up. Bam, a few days later, right back down. See, I'm not talking about the current celebration of Christmas. I'm talking about that, the original Christmas, that first Christmas, right? There was some trouble going on. You see, the first trouble with Christmas is its presents are often strangely wrapped. I wonder if you're like me and you're not very good at wrapping gifts. Now, now my family, my mother was like, that's a, like a severe understatement, right? You know? You know, see, I'm good at getting the gift. I'm good at giving the gift. I'm just not good at wrapping the gift, right? It, if, if Christy's watching me, it's either comical or painful for her to sit there. And inevitably, like what my father-in-law does when I try and do anything with a tool, stop it, stop it, she'll do the same with the wrapping. What it comes down to now is I go out, I buy the gifts, I walk into my mother-in-law's house, I open up a door, I throw them on the bed, and I walk out. And then they just pop up under the tree on Christmas. That's how it works. It's a great deal. Listen, so... You know, but here's the thing. I think I've realized there's something to the way I wrap things in a kind of a distorted, unattractive, convoluted way, right? I mean, everything's covered. It just, it just, it just doesn't look good, right? You see, if I, when I wrap it my way, at least it lowers people's expectation of what they're going to get, right? <laughs> you can see when they're, when they're opening it up, they're thinking, re-gift, re-gift, right? <laughs> you know? So, you know, this, you know now for those who a re-gift is something that, you know, like, okay, I don't think this is going to be anything good. Uh, I don't think I'm going to want it, or I don't think I could use it, huh? And then what do you do with it? You wrap it up nicely, and you give it to somebody else, right? So when God gives us gifts, often some of the best gifts he will bring into our lives are those that are wrapped in strange ways. I want you to hear that this morning, right? And, when, and we're not... We're not fond of them when they come into our life, right? And actually, we're really glad to see them land in someone else's life. We're more than happy to, like, re-gift it, right? Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Joseph was minded to put her Mary away secretly. He was of the mindset. He was of the thinking. He was being compelled. Joseph was not going to marry Mary, right? Because he had just found out the game had changed. He was getting like a two for one now, huh? A wife and a child, not what he bargained for, right? Mary was not the person he thought she was. This was messing with Joseph's head. Can you even fathom, right? And Mary's saying, Joseph, you don't understand. It was an angel. Joseph's like, I don't care what his name is. I'm going to kill the punk. <laughs> and although we look at that scenario and, and we think, you know, in context, this is a great thing that's happened to Joseph's life. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Joseph, a carpenter, Jewish carpenter, is going to be known to all the world for all of humankind. He's going to be Jesus' adopted dad. He's going to play a critical role in Jesus' life. Even if you don't believe in Jesus being the son of God and being deity, no one person is affected and changed, impacted this world like Jesus. It's a fact. It's a historical fact. We celebrate Jesus today. I'm so glad that he is my deity, that he is my God. And Joseph had this wonderful place in his life, right? But Jesus was, was a strangely wrapped gift from God to Joseph. A wonderful gift, but Joseph almost re-gifted it. As we read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Like, 
Get it out of my life. Like, put it away. I don't want it. It's embarrassing. It's not good. It's painful. It's not what I planned. It's not what I thought, right? It didn't go the way I planned. I've got sorrow. I've got confusion. I mean, like, this betrayal, this embarrassment. I, I, I can't even, my mind can't contain all the problems this is bringing on right now. See, what Joseph didn't realize was that what was on the inside of the I want to be careful about addressing Mary as a package here. But what was on the inside, right, was very different than what Joseph was seeing on the outside. This is common when it comes to God. He has a way of giving us the best gifts with the strangest wrappings. Maybe this past year, hmm, you've received some of these type of gifts in your life huh, from God. Maybe this past month, maybe this past week. Gifts which he has allowed, which he has willed, which he has orchestrated to come into your life. You probably haven't seen it that way, right? As a gift wrapped strangely, as something incredibly unique and wonderful and life-changing on the inside, but very unattractive and unpleasing and unwelcoming on the outside. Like Joseph, you want to get it out of your life. You want to give it over fast, right? Depending on what it is, you want as few people to know about it as possible. Come on, right? Brokenhearted, ashamed, hopes dashed, person lost. It's sad. Job terminated unexpectedly, relationships fractured or just, just overwhelmed. You framed it all as a terrible thing, meaning as a totally terrible thing. Just something to get away from, to get through, to get over with. It's a mistake. There's nothing more to consider. I, 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 if anything, I'm just running away from this. It's terrible. <sighs> when we think of the nativity, it's, it's just this kind of, it's a beautiful depiction of just <sighs> calmness, quaintness, coziness, warmth, inspiration. When we, when we see that picture, and it's so common on display in pictures, right? And, and perhaps, though, the story of Christmas teaches us not to make conclusions based on their wrappings. Meaning, you got God himself comes down to earth, wraps himself in human flesh. No greater happening in all the history of the world. Bar none, nothing comes close. Then he places himself in a feeding trough for animals, a big dog dish. And then he's wrapped in rags. I know swaddling cloth sounds like so warm and so fuzzy. And it, it was rags, man. I mean, like when you go to a mechanic, you know, or, or when, you're, you know when you're in the garage and you're looking for something to wipe the grease off your hand and there's that some rag that's been laying around and you pick it up. That's what they wrapped him in. But this unpleasant Wrapping was not an accurate reflection of what was on the inside. You see this depiction over and over and over. Maybe you want to rethink what you've been handed this past year, this past, past month, this past week. Maybe you want to rethink re-gifting it. Maybe you want to rethink just seeing it as entirely terrible. I'm not saying 
you know, to make it what it's not. Oh, it's good. I'm saying that it's not entirely be terrible. That if you, there's something within that that God is doing in your life and you might be missing because all you're seeing is the misery and it's terrible and it's not what I wanted. But you're not looking to God. Right, as we say here, you know, glance at the problem and gaze at God, right? Because God is with us. Maybe there's something you're not seeing, something God has for you, something beautiful, something for you right now, right? Preparing you for the later that God has for you. The trouble with Christmas, there was. The trouble with Christmas is everyone is invited. Yeah, I said that. I'll get to it. I'll make sense of it somehow. You see, I get it. It's, it's on a grand level, on a universal level, that's a good thing, right? Everyone's invited. I mean, you got the shepherd, the magi, Jews, probably, uh, you know, Eastern from uh, Babylonian people. Not, it was more than three. We say three because we're three gifts, but likely there are probably dozens of people, a caravan of people traveling. Likely the magi, wise men were high government officials. And you see this great cross-section of, of the population of the, of the Eastern world at that point. Everyone's invited. Now, here's one of the beautiful truths of Christmas. Everyone is welcome. Doesn't matter how bad you are, meaning you're, you're welcome, you're invited into this story. It's your story. You were made in the image of God. You were created by God. And here we do it again. That's why you love. That's why you care. That's why you have sorrow. That's why you think of the future. That's why you have a conscience. You were made in God. You are God's image bearer. Praise God. It's a beautiful thing. And it doesn't, and it's your story. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you didn't do. Abandoned this one, had an abortion, crashed my car, mistreated somebody in my family, did something late at night that I, I, I just feel disgusted about. It just, that doesn't remove you from your, your story. The greatest story is your story. Because you were created by God, made in the image of God, your co-heirs with Jesus Christ, adopted son and daughter of the one true God. Yeah. There is a God in heaven who loves you. Not in spite of what you've done, of what you've done, in the midst of what you have done. Do you get that? In the midst of what you're doing. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. I love it. But God demonstrated his own love for us and that while we were sinners, yet sinning, still sinning, doing that, thinking that, it says Jesus Christ died for us. When we were at our worst, God sent his very best. When we were at our worst, God gave his very best. That's Christmas. He loves you and your best days are yet to come. That's what's inside this package. Because Christmas is for everyone. Really, it truly is for everyone. So what's the bad news? Where's the trouble? The trouble is everyone's invited. Even those you would choose not to invite. There you go, right? Like all of a sudden, everyone becomes like everyone. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, those you're mad at, those you're not talking to, here we go now. Those you'd prefer not to forward goodwill towards, those who, you know, it just doesn't go well when you speak with them. A relationship has soured, there's silence, there's been hurtful words. 
Uh, maybe it's just my family. We're Sicilian. You know, it's like a, it's like a yearly, quarterly thing. But maybe you, you guys are all cool, right? Where or are you withholding love from someone? Someone who has been invited to this great Christmas story, huh? That's a trouble. Huh? That's a problem, right? I know if I was sitting there right now, I'd be like, oh, I'd probably have a, I mean, the list is getting shorter, or my wife is, it's getting better. I do. <laughs> Makes a rough time of prayer, man, you know. But where, who is it that you could, see, God gave us his very best. Think about that. God gave us his very best, right? Let us give as well. Let us forgive. Let us be willing to forgive. What am I talking about? I'm talking about a phone call, a, a, a pleasant text message, a, hi, how you doing, you know? Meaning something to open up the door, something to, you know, kind of close the space, something to bring some warmth into the coldness and the darkness, right? Look, something that's going to even begin to sow the seeds of restoration. You don't know. I don't know what their response is going to be. I'm just doing this because I love God. And he's invited everyone into this great story, which I am so blessed and privileged to be a part of. Yes? I'm focusing on that I'm part of this great story that God has given me the best he has. And I'm going to do the best to be the best I can in light of that. Not because of what they've done. Not because, just because of who God is. And what Jesus is to me, huh? It might not work, right? We don't, we don't know what their response is going to be. It's probably not going to be the whole hallmark response, right? You know? I just can't get the hallmark thing out of my head. I, I'm not kidding you, man. I think they've watched. I, I've got so many recorded hallmark movies in my DVR. I'm just going to stop it. I'm going to stop it. <laughs> now, now she's even addicted one of my daughters to it, too. She's, uh, yeah, yeah, she is, isn't she? We're... Yeah, yeah, no, no, come on. I don't want to hear it, man. I'm not even listening. Listen. At Christmas, we receive God's love. He invited us to be part of Christmas. We want to acknowledge, right, those that we're struggling to forgive, those where there's distance. Just pause. Before you filter this, before you, you know, categorize this, Listen, just let God, Holy Spirit, melt your heart. Just stop looking at it through your lens, through your way of thinking. Stop, again, the mindset, you know. Joseph is the mindset to put Mary away. Stop looking at the outside and consider now what could God be doing on the inside, right? Perhaps there's a gift here waiting for you to discover that God is bringing into your life right here, right now, this day. Treat these people with grace and with love this Christmas. Let this be a gift from you to God. As I told you before, around Christmas, I'll do things just to give God a gift. That's just, it's very practical. It could be forwarding gifts anonymously. It could be doing things like this, acts of asking forgiveness or just kindness. You see, the trouble with Christmas was presents wrapped strangely. The present, the trouble with Christmas is everybody's invited. And the trouble with Christmas is it's awkward if you're the king. You see, Christmas is about a king. A savior, yes. A holy child, yes. Though no, it's about a king. A king come into this world. But when he came, there was a kingdom that existed already. And that kingdom had a throne that was occupied. 
Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? So these wise men, they come to Jerusalem, it says saying. The word saying there in the original language, the Greek, means that they were going out repeatedly, consistently, time and time again, asking, hey, where is this king of the Jews going to be born? Have you seen this king of the Jews, this child? Every street corner throughout Jerusalem, except the castle, except where King Herod resided, except where the king of the Jews at that time on earth lived. So Herod, the king, seeks them out, brings them to his castle. Again, not like three people, but like probably brings in a caravan of people. They're, they're from Babylon. Can you picture, if you will, take a, some liberty here, but can you try and imagine this initial like introduction and interaction? Herod says, hi, welcome, can I help you? And the wise men are like, well, um, you know, we're, we're looking for the king of the Jews. And Herod's like, well, you've come to the right place. I, Herod, am king of the Jews. And the awkward, right? And the wise men are like, well, yeah, it's nice to meet you, but we're actually looking for a younger, more powerful king than you are. You know, we're talking like king with a capital K, you know, like the king of the Jews. And Herod, man, you know, says, you know what? Well, I'd like to meet up with him, right? You see, yeah, I'd like to meet him. You see, Herod was a fiercely, was fiercely jealous of his throne. We talked about this last week to a point where he murdered wives, brothers, sons, all because he thought they wanted a piece of his throne. Now, he could not harm the wise men. Likely, you study it because they're coming from another land, being highly, likely highly high government officials. To do so would be cause a disruption for Rome, and he was kind of a Roman puppet. And really his thing was just keep peace, keep things calm. So he kind of had his hands cuffed. But the reality was a king was born, Jesus. And he had come, and there was a king already there. So Herod now, what we see here in Herod's life, truly, he comes upon the most critical, important moment of his life. He has a decision to make. The same one each one of us in here have to make. Was Herod going to remain the king? Or was he going to recognize the entrance and the arrival of the newborn king, Jesus? Was Herod going to hold on to his crown? Or was he going to, you know, was he going to do what the Magi, the wise men did, and bow down and worship Jesus and recognize that this king is ruler of all, beginning with my own life? He did not do that. Herod died in misery. He did not take any of his kingdom with him, nor will we. Today, you and I, we can choose today to bow our hearts, not to cling to our throne, what we've established. We all got a kingdom going on, right? Not where we're the king, huh? We can profess today that Jesus Christ is our king, our Lord, our savior. We can know his love, know his love. We can trust he's leading our lives. We can see his glory shine through us. And you know what? The Bible tells us that we get to reign and rule with him in his kingdom forever. We get to be a part, a significant part of that kingdom. I believe in Jesus Christ as my king, right? 
believe today in Jesus as a gift from God, wrapped strangely, yes, huh? but perfect in a way that you would know he's for everyone, but that he's for you. That this is your story, and this is your God, and this is your eternity. Jesus is here to be your king, to provide, to guide, to love, to bless. This Christmas, have peace and have joy. Even when things don't go your way, when they're not going your way, you're looking at external things, although real, but consider the internal and what God is doing, because there lies the joy and the peace. If that's you today, where we're worshiping this last song and you're having this magnificent moment of knowing that this is your story, the Christmas story, as Jesus is your king and you now begin to have this intimate personal relationship with your king and you can just feel God's love poured out on you, you've turned to him, you've asked his forgiveness. Yeah, yeah, it's there and that's cool, that's great. And you feel that freedom coming out of you right now. You have a greater outlook on life. Jesus is with you. Listen. Let's not miss the point of the story of Christmas. There is trouble in Christmas, right? There is. But we would be in a whole lot more trouble without it, yes? Dave Trelongo would be in a mess of trouble without Christmas. It's easier for us to focus on the troubles of this world, right? Meaning all these things that kind of cause the need for Christmas. To fix our mind on the pain, the suffering, what's wrong, what was me, right? right? Then to fix our mind on what Christmas is. And Christmas is a divine rescue mission, right? We've been rescued. I've been rescued. To God be the glory. That's Christmas, man. God has sent his son into this world to save us, to save us from our sins. And so there's going to be a mess in there, and it's going to be trouble, and it's going to be difficult. Can you picture a fireman trying to get into a burning house to save someone? I mean, they break everything. They, they break windows. They break doors. They break the mailbox just for the sake of breaking the mailbox. But it's a mess. They're on a rescue mission. Christmas is a life-saving intervention by the one true God. Yes, it comes with trouble. Yes, the gifts are strangely wrapped, right? This pain, this confusion... But Christmas calls you to restore relationships, to forgive, to trust in God. That can be troubling. It can be hard to, but it's harder not to. Imagine if Joseph would have re-gifted Mary, huh? Imagine if he would have only seen it. Imagine if, you know, they would have said, you know what, this, 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 the way picture the Christmas narrative, and, and it's not so inclusive, and everyone isn't invited, but clearly everybody is, Right? This morning, know that in the midst of trouble, you can have joy. As they open, in the midst of trouble, you can have joy. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33. I told you these things, Jesus is talking to his followers, so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Right? But take heart because I've overcome the world. Jesus didn't say, I'm moving trouble away. There won't be any trouble. He says, I have overcome the trouble, right? He, first, he says, You're going to have peace. Basically, he's saying, I'm trouble for trouble, right? I can and have overcome the troubles of this world. Have joy this Christmas. Have peace this Christmas. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 says, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Know Jesus has come into the world for you. This is your story. To God be the glory. Merry Christmas.